Welcome to the Jam Session Radio Hour. This is your host, John Landis. Thanks very much for being with us tonight. We have a, a good night uh, for you. Uh, and actually, this is part one of a two-part series uh, that's going to feature Otto Ravati, Otto Ravati uh, from out here in the East End. Um, uh, uh, part one, actually what we're doing is we're merging an interview that we did with her back in March of, of this year, 2021, with uh, some concert footage uh, that Ada did with some other musicians uh, back in August of 2020 during the, uh, during the uh, uh, pandemic. Um, that night in particular, she played with Bailey Ergot on guitar, with Michael O'Brien on bass, and with Cleus Brondahl on drums. And we'll talk a little bit about each of them. Um, but uh, this is a treat because Ada is a, is a wonderful player, a very respectful and hardworking um, musician, um, has had lots of experience. She's, uh, uh, she does it all. She's a, a composer, an arranger, a producer, and a player. Um, and she's played with lots of people. She arranges uh, her work around playing with different people, and she really, really uh, loves it. And it shows in her playing. Uh, so let's get to it. This is part one of our of our focus on Ada Rovati. Thank you. 
Listening to WLIW 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York, also heard on WLIW.org slash radio. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and tonight we're focusing on Ada Rovati. Uh, hello, Ada. Hello there. <laughs> and uh, um, this is another in, in our series uh, of uh, Jam Session Radio Hour interviews that we've done with, that we're doing with. Um, uh, uh, jazz musicians, and we're uh, one of the good things that's fortunate about having Ada is that she's played a lot with uh, uh, the Jam Session and and been on the Jam Session Radio Hour. So, um, Ada, why don't you just kind of begin by telling us a little bit how you know go back to those uh, childhood years and whatever because it's so interesting to hear how somebody gravitates towards a particular instrument and towards jazz. It's fascinating. Well, first of all, I'm, uh, if you're wondering my accent, where it's from, I'm from Italy. So um, I grew up with a, a grandmother who was a piano player and a piano teacher. So I actually started when I was four years old on piano. And uh, for like until teenager year, I was just playing classical piano. Uh, later on, you know, listening mostly to, you know, classical music and of course, English pop. My brother uh, was really into uh, rhythm and blues and blues music, so he uh, convinced me to pick up a, and he wanted to put a band with a horn section. So he, he told me that if I was going to pick up uh, a saxophone, I would be really popular with boys. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I got into <laughs> deciding going to saxophone. <laughs> and uh, that's, He said uh, if you played the saxophone. Yeah, I would be really popular. To- the flute yeah, it, or yeah, yeah, I would be really, you know, yeah, saxophone was really cool, you know. Right. So it would be very popular with boys. And has, did that turn out to be the case? Of course, I found a husband. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I highly suggest if you're yeah. single and looking for a, a, your soulmate, pick up instruments. Right. <laughs> But you didn't so, find the husband right away. There was a, a little bit of a period. <laughs> in, in, yeah, in I had to be good <laughs> in oh, order okay. to find it. You had to get good. So, but uh, that's how it kind of started. I play, I started to play really late, uh, you know, it was uh, towards the end of high school. 
But, you know, the fact that I had um, a pretty uh, decent uh, music uh, education because I did a classical piano for like 12 years. So it kind of speed up uh, my learning on saxophone. Clearly, um, you know, we don't have uh, uh, jazz is not um, the kind of a main uh, uh, cultural music in Italy. So it was a little hard to find uh, bands made or people that had the same um, uh, love for that kind of music. But um, I was able to find some uh, teacher that studied at Berkeley College of Music in Boston and ended to follow the summer um, program of Berkeley. They do a, a summer program in Umbria Jazz and I ended to win a scholarship. And uh, that's how I started also my adventure into in the United States because I came um, uh, here to in Boston uh, to attend the Berkeley College of Music. And that's how, how, kind how of old were you when you came to Boston? I was uh, almost 21. And so, and at that point you've been playing saxophone for how long? I was only playing for like two, three years. And I found I was kind of really a weak, uh, weak link because they're in the summer program, there are a lot of kids that they were high school and uh, they have their time, sounds and everything together when I was still struggling for, with some of the basics. Uh, unfortunately, um, in Italy, everybody thinking that in Italy, there is like this amazing um, uh, school of music, of bel canto, classical music, and we do. But unfortunately, music in itself, we don't have it in a, a elementary school, middle school, or high school. Um, it's considered extracurriculum. So, you know, if your parents are into music and they want to enroll you outside of a school into a music program, you're lucky. If not, the regular school is not going to really give you any... Um, Did Berkeley have a presence? Did Berkeley have a presence in Italy? Uh, yes, only in the summer with the Umbria Jazz. And that's the, so you were involved in that? Yeah, that's how I got my scholarship. But unfortunately, you know, in Italy, in elementary school, we get recorder a little. And middle school, we have history of music. And high school, we don't have music. So you understand that it's really hard to get uh, even to touch instruments. I remember that, you know, the first time I, I held a saxophone or I saw a trumpet or trombone, I was, you know, a teenager. That's mm -hmm. crazy, you know. So I always, when I teach here in the United States, I always remind the student how, students how lucky they are um, to be exposed at an early age to music. Because uh, here in, in uh, elementary school, Stella, my daughter, uh, you know, started to play in a band when it was uh, seven, eight years old, in the fourth uh -huh. grade. So, so when you came uh, to, that was the first, your first time in the U.S.? I was almost 21, and, you know, I had... Uh, I was struggling with a lot of things that uh, um, most of the other American students, uh, they already uh, deal with, you know, because they maybe play for already 10 years and they already play in a big band. They had experience, their sound was together, their timing. So it was not an easy experience. It was just kind of, I felt that I, I missed uh, some important steps uh, and uh, um, so you had I, to just really work hard and, and go fast. Yeah, work hard. The good thing is that you know I because I did twelve-year classical piano, so there were a lot of music was in my life, and it was uh, somehow it would randomly pop in a <laughs> right. in a weird occasion. I could see that you know there was a background of music, but not maybe the real uh, experience on the instrument. So were there were there other women uh, at uh, what other women horn players at Berkeley? 
They were, but not, we were definitely a minority, a big, and big minority. Were there any and other women saxophone players? Yes, uh, there is. A, um, you, while I was uh, um, at Berkeley, uh, we have, I think it's the same age, was Anat Cohen, who's an amazing uh, um, saxophone player, mostly probably considered clarinet player, but he's a wonderful saxophone player too. Um, and she's doing uh, fabulous uh, uh-huh. um, uh, and once you started on this saxophone, so how did you um, gravitate towards, you play tenor? Yes, I started on alto and uh, later on I just um, liked more the, the uh, physical feeling on the horn and just the sounds. You know, I think it's just uh, like a pair of pants or it fits nicely or it doesn't. And uh-huh. the tenor, there was something about the weight and the balance and the sound that I felt more uh, compelled to. Right. And it's something also about B flat instruments because I like also soprano that is also a B flat instrument. Uh-huh. And uh, alto and baritone are E flat instruments. And okay. I don't know, somehow the transporting and the sounds it resonate better uh-huh. in me, go figure out. <laughs> Who's who's the woman who plays with us and she plays the baritone? She plays with a jam session. Uh, uh, sorry. Reddish hair. There's a woman who, who with red hair who plays the baritone with the jam mm-hmm. session. I think you've even played with her. No, maybe you've jammed. Oh with no, her. yeah, yes, Claire Daly. I yeah, actually Claire introduced Daly. her. I, you know, the first time she came, uh, she was staying at my place, and I say, let's go to the jam session. Yeah, Claire, she's wonderful. Okay, that's <laughs> Old great. friend of mine. Yeah, I had a, you know, every time a, a friend of mine comes over, you know, I have a lot of female uh, instrumentalists and uh, saxophone player. I always bring them at the jam station. I brought also Laura Dreyer, uh, a bunch of other, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to bring more women. <laughs> right. So as a, as a, as a woman uh, jazz musician, um, you guys probably kind of are attracted to each other and are your, your own little club. I mean, because there aren't that many, right? Yes, he's a kind of an interesting club, you know. Women uh, Tribe. Can be, it can be, can be tough, you yeah. know. Unfortunately, um, in the business, we are still seen as a kind of a novelty and kind of almost a circus act. So we are fighting for the same spot. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of festivals that, uh, you know, you try to book your, your group and they, they, their answer is like, we have already a a female saxophone player on Ah, it. And it was like, yeah, in the meanwhile, you have like 10 male saxophone player, but you don't bring it up that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the spots are still very uh, limited Mm -hmm. and uh, it is what it is, you know. Uh, I get asked a lot of times how, uh, what it means to be a woman in jazz and it's hard and, you know, it's like the, the reality that uh, being a woman in a workspace is still hard. Right. You know, it's a, the quality is we are still far from it, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that, uh, but uh, you're also married to a jazz musician. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes, uh, I guess, uh, in a certain way easier because it's, uh, uh, you know, being a, an artist is a kind of a, a is a disease <laughs> because, you know, if you are in the middle of writing a tune, it's 8 p.m. and, you know, you, you, know, you want to finish a project, you just, you are not hungry, you just kind of keep going, you know, uh-huh. and uh, a normal husband probably would be like, hey, you've been there for like six hours, you know, are we going right. to eat? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead we are on the same kind of wow. wavelength. 
Right. <laughs> Which is nice. So tell, how did you guys meet? We met uh, in Switzerland. Um, we, I was playing in a, uh, with an Italian big band and I just got back from my last semester at Berkeley. And Randy was going to be a, a guest in our big band. So I went in uh, Lugano where he was performing and I, you know, brought him the music, explained what was, uh, you know, uh, what he needed to do with our uh, big band. And a few days later, he joined us uh, in Milano. And that's how I met him. Oh, that's great. Um, and then right after, and right after I ended to move in Paris for one year. So we start to kind of uh, chasing each other through Europe mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, meeting, you know, at weird location in the middle of the night, uh, coming from one gig, one from, you know. Do you know other married, married couples where, where both? Um... Musician? Yeah, I know. You know, a resident here in, uh, in uh, East Hampton area, of course, is uh, Jane Hasty and uh, Peter Martin Weiss. Sure. Yeah, uh, you know, I actually know Jane from the city, and he was the first female uh, musician I played with when I arrived in really? New York. No Jane, kidding. that's and you know, and then I, when I was in the city, at a certain point, I lost touch with her. And when we moved full time here, one of the first time I came to gym session, who was on piano, oh, Jane. My God. <laughs> Isn't that great? It was, I mean, yeah. I was so happy because both of them are, uh, beside wonderful uh, uh-huh. musician, they're adorable. Right. So that was my luck. And now over the years, have you guys gotten, you and uh, Randy, been able to tour together? I know you've made albums together. Yes, we've been also touring, uh, both with my band and with his band, and then with the Brecker Brothers reunion band. So, yeah. yes, we have been uh, touring. Do you know Mike, Mike Stern? Yes, I've been playing a recording. He, uh, you know, I record with him on on one or two of my CDs, and uh, I was uh, in tour with him also. But so, then yes. he's also married to a musician. To Lenny, I work with Lenny different times. Uh, she's a wonderful guitar player, sweet person. A uh, couple of years ago, I think last week I did with her with her African project right. in the city. Yeah, and that's so- another example. Was Ele- uh, so it was Elephant Band that was that your first album? Yes, it was uh, a nine piece band uh, that I put together. It was just uh, we used to have a, a steady uh, gig on uh, Monday night at the C Note, uh, and it was kind of one of those places that didn't really pay, probably just give us free drink. But it was 11 p.m., and it was a perfect place where I could kind of rehearsal the band. I could stop the band in the middle if something was not working. It's asking, which note did you play? Can we do from letter C? Let's repeat that section. It was kind of an open rehearsal space with audience. And C note doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And um, it was great because uh, for probably two or three years we play every Monday night at 11 and I cannot tell you how many musicians I met and how many musicians sitting with that band it was insane yeah and for me I just put it together because I want to be sure to keep up my chops as a arranger and um, the best things is just right and uh so every week I would try to write a new chart uh, and uh, on a Monday night I would try it out and I would stop the band, rehearsal just one section and, and uh, it ended to be, it was 
was a it was a weekly appointment it was a kind of a family affair and uh, you know so many many musicians uh came in came in and sit uh, sit in uh, we did also ended to do a few play a few festival and it was just a fun band were these um, mostly people were there any other women in the band yes i i i'm always you know i i like to play with the good musician with a good attitude and i don't care if they're a male you know female color gender i don't care you know i just want a good music and good vibe and uh, you know um i you know it was a little of everything you know i had uh, Lawrence Saviano baritone who's now is you know is one of the most on demand baritone player saxophone player ever and Claire Daly used to play also often Laura Dreyer uh, Amanda Monaco on, on uh, guitar uh, Heather Bennett on piano Ingrid Jensen sitting a lot of times uh, uh, Sylvia Cuenca was the drummer I mean just uh, I had a lot of women going through as long yeah. as they were good and they were fun to deal with you know and the same for men you know mm -hmm. I just don't want any drama I want people that we are here to grow together have fun and make music. Thank you.
Lucky us, we're listening to WLIWFM 88.3 in Southampton, New York. And this is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and tonight we're listening to Otto Ravati. You can also hear LIW on WLIW.org slash radio. So let's get back to Otto Ravati.
So on the night in question, August 2020, Ada played with uh, uh, Bailey Ergot, Michael O'Brien, Cleus Brondahl. Bailey, a very talented young uh, guitar player, Michael O'Brien, uh, who's played with all kinds of people and from, is from the Twin Cities. Um, and uh, uh, has played with Harry Connick, Reuben Blades, uh, Merce Cunningham, uh, just a whole host of people. And he's very reliable and a, and, a, and a wonderful person to have played with the jam session as often as he has and continues to. And we hope to have him back soon. Ada, um, what could I say? She's so good. She's so um, determined and hardworking and has such great taste. She's played with all kinds of interesting people. Of course, her husband, Randy Brecker. Um, and they've reprised uh, Michael Brecker, the Brecker Brothers, uh, in what she has done on tenor sax. She's played with John McLaughlin, Mike Stern, um, uh, and, you know, Herbie Hancock, uh, Jimmy Heath, Aretha, um, and uh, she's a very talented, very talented woman, and just a joy to listen to both her tenor and her, her talking uh, about what she does and how she approaches her life. So let's get back to that. Thanks so much. So right from the beginning, you were in a position of wanting to put a band together yourself. Yes, so I, you I were, like... You were uh, instigator. Yeah, I'm always... Uh, I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> mm -hmm. Still now, I like to have a control of a, a lot of stuff. And uh, from the writing, the arranging, and uh, that one was a, a good experience just to keep up my chops. And I ended to write, I don't know, close to 100 tunes uh, a range. So it's a pretty good repertoire. Um, and, uh, you know, I just uh, like the idea to just have uh, more control and just decide. And it was, and I need also to learn to be a better band leader. Um, and that really helped me, you know, to organize and back, you know, when I started to put the band Elephant together, um, um, it was, uh, there was still no Facebook, uh, no MySpace or any of those, uh, uh social, um, platforms so it was uh, i had to go to uh, what is his name uh, kinko to printing uh, flyers uh, drop uh, in the evening drop uh, in all the club uh, the advertising send mass email it was the old way so it was also for me a good way to learn some of the business and of course you know has been developing so fast and so radical that you know his heart to keep up with also the the business how it goes you know um, so you would say one of the strains of your career one of the themes of your career is that um being the person who kind of starts the band keeps the band organizes the band yeah i i like how it that, how has that happened through your various records have you managed to keep the same level of of control as uh, over the years. Matter of fact, it got worse. <laughs> it's like with the age. <laughs> well, he just became uh, uh, more used to, and uh, you know, at the beginning, he just kind of is not kind of uncharted territories. You tried this, this, you never did it before, so you're just kind of trying to figure out. And uh, by the you know the third, fourth, fifth CD, you just kind of know what's the um, the step that you have to take and uh, in the same time as I say you know the business has been changing so fast that, that you have to kind of keep up uh, with everything not only from uh, the uh, standpoint of view of uh, advertising and uh, you know being uh, you know out out there like a, a, 
visible uh, mm-hmm. on the platform. But um, also uh, talking about from, from the point of view of uh, um, electronics and all the uh, uh, recording, uh, just right. uh, name it, you know, especially just uh, mentioned the last year with the pandemic, uh, I had to kind of really learn myself how to video uh, lighting, video editing. Uh, the good things that uh, the last few years I've been I've been doing a lot of recording session at home, and I I became pretty good using Pro Tools and do all the editing um, wow. for CDs. I'm working also for other people records, doing just the editing. Um, so, but you know, the last year it became that everybody wants a, a little snippet while you're playing. Uh, uh, from a camera so you need to set up the camera then I became you know I'm a kind of a perfectionist so I have started to kind of google the best light the best here the best uh, then learning how to edit uh, you know so you kind of taking lesson online lesson uh, uh-huh. I, I'm like that you know um, yeah. I like uh, uh, to be as much as I can professional and try the best and uh, I'm always up to a challenge. I like. I love to learn. If I can learn one thing a day, I'm happy. Yeah. Well, that the whole since you're is a person who um, loves to learn, and and sounds like you absorb a lot. Has that been reflected in the character of your different um, albums that you've done? Yeah, I think that you know the the other day I start to um, pull out some old of my, uh, some of my old recording because I had this idea of um, of, of trying to put out a, a kind of like a play along using my old original track from my old recording. Put the play along that means uh, remove the soloist, just keep the drums, bass, and uh, uh, the written section so right. people can play along with my track. Right. I send them the music so they can practice my tunes. So they're kind yeah. of challenging and fun. So of course, uh, you know, I would listening things that I was like, Oh, I'm wondering why I did that. You know, <laughs> some decision that probably right now I would, uh, uh, choose in a different way, but that's, that's cool. You know, right. and I have to say that every recording is, is a kind of a snapshot of, uh, the Adarovati of that year.
Hoping you enjoyed uh, part one of what's going to be uh, uh, a two-part series focusing on Aravati, her playing and her and her interview uh, that we did earlier this year in 2021. Um, we do want to mention uh, the Hamptons Jazz Fest, uh, which is ongoing. Go to hamptonsjazzfest.com. Um, all you people out there, you jazz lovers, those of you who don't listen to a lot of jazz and would like to hear more, this is a great opportunity this summer to hear a lot of jazz, a lot of live jazz in the east end of Long Island. So the jam session has been busy putting this together, um, and uh, kudos to to those who have been doing this um, and and have collected such great musicians and venues. So check out the schedule. We've got some great stuff coming up, and I think you'll find it really enjoyable. It's pretty much going to be all free, and it's a great way to hear some. It's a great way to hear some really good players. So thanks so much for joining us tonight, the Jam Session Radio Hour. We're so happy you came with us again on this uh, musical journey. And this is your host, John Landis, saying stay well, uh, take care of yourselves, and good night. Mm-hmm.